Hello and welcome to Does It Adapt, a podcast discussing the never-ending world of story adaptations. You have the ever-popular book-to-movie adaptations. However, when a story spans several books, then sometimes it's better suited for a TV series. In the recent years, even video game adaptations have made their way to the silver screen. And it doesn't stop there. Comic books, cartoons, and even Broadway musicals and plays. But not all adaptations are created equal. They can be hit or miss, a yes or no, certified fresh or bona fide trash. Join us as we ask the question, does it adapt? I am Don, and with me today, I think, is Josh. Gonna talk about The Witcher, the video games, and the show on Netflix and Henry Cavill. Okay, I thought you was going to stretch your musical skills there for a second. (laughs) Yeah, there are too many syllables in the word video games and Henry Cavill and whatnot for me to really kind of go all out out, out with it. But, you know, I tried. I do what I can. You are the bearded bard, so... Joke, 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 joke. But yeah, if you haven't guessed, we are going to talk about The Witcher, the books, the video games, and the television series. And there's a lot of controversy right now around the, the Netflix series itself. The books came first, and I did not know this. Uh, my first exposure to The Witcher series was through the games most notably the wild hunt witcher 3 which is the most popular the most critically acclaimed video game in the series i tried witcher 1 and 2 but for whatever reason my system at the time could not run that what is your experience so i tried to but it was just like for a little bit. It didn't really grab me because I I don't even remember when it first came out. But it just around the time there are so many other games that were like in the same genre that were more appealing. But when Witcher Three came out, I definitely wanted to try it because I heard so many good things about it. Heard about its world, and it is. While I didn't like necessarily finish it because I didn't get that far in. Well, I mean, I got decently far in, but. The one thing I liked about it as compared to the like the games before it, as well as just the games around that time, one of the few RPGs that I felt like you could actually like do whatever you wanted and actually got to explore in the open world. Like I one of my very first experiences playing the game, I did like the starting story beats, everything, and then I got to fully kind of like do my own. Found a mausoleum out of nowhere and found a creature that was like level 12 when i was only level like two and it killed me immediately so i was just like "Uh, you know that's kind of cool that's just out in the world i mean it's a little irritating that i died that quickly but it's still you know that not a whole lot of games give you that option of having complete control and like trying to go for the higher level higher level stuff early on if you feel like you can do it but yeah it wasn't really linear um to where it it kind of some games, some RPGs hold your hand and, you know, you have to go through the different steps of different areas before another area will open up. And Witcher, the Witcher 3, kind of like it was all out there for you to explore and level up the way you wanted to. And exactly. I, I like games like that. Now, 
the games themselves were loosely based on the books. Andrew, Andres, Andrew, Andres Sapowski. I hope I didn't butcher that. The original writer of the books, he wasn't really into video games. I think that's why CD Projekt Red kind of did their own thing. I haven't got into the books too far yet. We'll talk about the books next. There are two books. The first one is called The Last Wish. And the second one is called The Sword of Destiny. And those are full of short stories. And then you get into the books after that, Blood of Elves, uh, Time of Contempt, and then others, which I haven't got into. I'm on Blood of Elves. Those first two books, if you look at the TV series, the Netflix series, a lot of the short stories from those first two books are there. And if I'm being honest, I quite enjoyed the first season. Yeah, no, I actually agree with that. Even though I, you know, wasn't privy to the books at all, wasn't privy to any of the stories that were dealt with in the first season. First season, I, I, I also enjoyed from like a, a pure like fantasy standpoint mm-hmm. and a show standpoint. But as we'll discuss a little further into it, first season for me was like great, and then I kind of lost a little bit of interest. And the rest. Yeah. I don't think you're fully caught up with the rest of the seasons, are you? Yeah. I mean, that's happened to a lot of people that um, come second season just because they kind of went off the rails. And there's a reason for that. What I've been seeing in around the internets. Back to season one, there were a lot, again, there are a lot of stories that, that were in the books that I really enjoyed. I'm a firm believer even before they start doing these story adaptations on TV, that the book is always better. Until we decided to do this this podcast, I had never listened to the books. I, I listened to a lot of audiobooks. I listened to them on Audible. Audible, feel free to sponsor us if you wish. But I thought, you know, I can't make an informed opinion without even trying to to see what the books are about because they are the original. So yeah, a lot of the stories with the Striga, you know, Geralt grew up, had to battle a Striga. That was one of them where they met the dragon, the golden dragon that was in there. A couple others that I can't quite remember right now. For the most part, they got the, the first season right. Now, there were some things changed in season one, most notably Yennefer in the books. There is the the romance between Geralt and Yennefer going on, but they didn't really do a Yennefer backstory. They ha- don't really tell you much in the books. The author doesn't. So they kind of took some liberties with her backstory in season one, which it pretty much worked, you know, where she came from and how she developed as far as a, a sorceress or mm-hmm. magician. and then. The other thing I thought was kind of funny <laughs> is who we know in the Netflix series as Yaskir that was changed from the books. Now, Andre, Andres Sapowski, or I'll just say Sapowski, he is Polish. So that's what it was originally wrote in. So the name Yaskir in Polish 
means buttercup. And when they were doing the translation for the books, I thought, well, maybe that's a little too feminine, but I don't know. That's beside the point. So they changed it to dandelion. And if you play the games and you, when you meet Yaskier or dandelion, it's, it's dandelion. Or if you listen to the books or read the books, it's dandelion in the English. So I thought that was interesting, but going okay. to the series, they changed it back to the Polish name. There are, of course, always going to be changes from books to different media, whether we like it or not, unfortunately. And that's a little interesting bit of a tidbit. I don't know. I mean, I don't think that a meaning of a name should technically be a reason to want to like completely change a character, like a character's name in the, was it the game or the book where they changed it? Both. Um, they they both. just changed it. The, the the Polish meaning of Yaskir is buttercup. So instead of buttercup, changed when they translated to English for the game and the books, it is dandelion. Yeah, which I, I you know, a judge, just I don't really see an, uh, too much of an issue I'm, uh, personally for me on the name. And Yaskir does sound a little bit cooler. Yeah. I don't know what it, dandelion would have been like what the translation of that would be necessarily. Yeah. But uh, speaking of changes, season two, in many people's opinions, went totally off the rails with, with the, the lore, the Witcher lore, the Witcher stories. It just you know, didn't impress people. Yeah. So. I mean, I mean, it isn't to be honest. It didn't really seem as interesting to me. Like, I think I maybe tried to watch one episode and just not into it as much. And that could be a thing of like the pacing of the story, but it also could be like, I, I have, I have like a, a thought, I guess, mm -hmm. and I'm debating whether I want to do it now or save it for later because it's a little bit of a tangent, but I think I'll save it for later. I think after we kind of get through each season, maybe uh, towards the end, I'll, maybe the final thoughts, I'll, I'll say what, what I'm truly feeling, because this doesn't just apply to The Witcher, it applies to a lot of different things. Uh, Overall, you know, the way they set things up from the beginning of the books, the, the timeline, they started off right, and they got into, with season one and part of season two, they included the first two books, but they just went off the rails and from what I've been reading and what has come out from people's outrage and as the writers, the writers really didn't care about the, the Witcher lore, you know, the, the books there's been mention of them saying that they had to dumb it down for American audiences. They had to simplify it, which that that kind of pisses me off they don't think we're intelligent enough to to handle how complex a story is i mean you look at something like game of thrones which i know nothing about which is a complex story from what i know you know more about that yeah. you've got a lot of things going on and in season two and maybe a little bit of season three the writers were telling us you guys we had to kind of simplify it and, and, and dumb it down for the audience. I just don't understand the thinking. Yeah. And I, I mean, I agree with the, the idea of like, 
oh, well, we, we aren't smart enough to understand these complex story threads and these complex motifs and these complex, like, really? Really? Have you seen the Five Nights at Freddy's games and their story that are created by an American person? Yeah. Have you, have you seen how complex that is? That, in my opinion, throws anything The Witcher, Dune, Game of Thrones, anything Stephen King's had ever wrote, everything into the freaking dust because of how complex it is. <laughs> like, <laughs> there's things I've paid attention to minute little things here and there with like these theory videos. And I'm just like, well, wait, huh? And huh? And huh? Because things change so much. And it's not even like a retcon thing. He legitimately has these things like steps ahead that he's thinking of that he eventually wants to explain this way or this way or this way. And I'm just like, say we can't understand that. Like, that's bullshit. Okay. I'm looking at it like this. When, when a, a network like Netflix or HBO or any of these Disney, they put something out and they, who do they think their audience is? I mean, do, do they think that people that know nothing about the games, and nothing about the books aren't going to watch this show. Fans of the books and the games are not going to watch this show. It's just going to be other stupid Americans or other people in the world that know nothing about, and they'll be happy with what's presented in front of them. When something that has a fan base, you know, from the beginning of, of whatever, whether it be Game of Thrones, Marvel, Star Wars, any of those things, you're going to have people that are really, really invested in the stories, the backstories of these things to where they're going to pick it apart. They're going to look at it with a microscope and find all the little tidbits and see what the how the adaptation was done done either right or wrong. So them trying to to dumb it is is yeah I I agree it's it's bullshit. And speaking of lore and someone's probably was fed up with the bullshit would be Henry Cavill. Mm-hmm. He has been fan of the Witcher series before it you know before it became a television series. And so much that when they, when the writers and directors started telling him, you know, just act it this way. And he's like, no, no, that's not how Geralt, that's not how the story goes. That's not, that's not it. So I could totally understand his, his being upset with the way the show was going and totally being upset with the writers and they called him toxic, but he was passionate about the Witcher and these stories. So him leaving the Witcher series, I totally understand. And I support him. I'm with Henry on, on this whole thing, mm-hmm. how, how things have changed. Same here. Like I said, I don't really know as much about the books as both you or Henry do. But I do know enough that I support someone who's wanting to try to keep within the context of the actual world. I mean, this is still going to go with that rant. There's there's a bunch of examples of what I'm about to talk about. Did you want to go with your rant? I've got the same rant. And what really just gets under my skin a lot of times 
is when, when a director or a screenwriter takes something and just totally changes it and, and doesn't respect the original source material. You know, you got different movies and we've talked about them. We'll talk about them more. Stephen King stories, The Shining. Yeah, mm -hmm. I mean, the, the movie's a classic, but there are so many changes that even Stephen King himself didn't like it. The, tar the Dark Tower. No, we've mentioned that before. That was just, it was a joke. And then, you know, yeah. you've got an actor, Henry, and that really cares about and respects the source material. You know, he is in my opinion, is Geralt. And we'll get into, you know, this, this next guy. What are your heartfelt feelings about, about this? Here's the thing. So I'm before talked about how that, you know, when we were first talking about the last show, last of us mm -hmm. and why I felt like it was better. It was because you had the context of the median of the games that had a lot of filler into it that you like a lot of filler moments, which basically were just like the, 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 the combat and whatnot, but that you had like actual story there, but that the reason why the show was better was because you had the ability to take away the fluff. You had the ability to take away those moments and added like genuine character moments and story moments that would hit hard and uh, do exactly what you need them to do. Mm -hmm. My frustration comes when people go from books to TV show or books to movie because sometimes I feel like they can hit the mark, but because they're concerned about, I think make like, so like certain things are like studios yeah. that will make them choose this. I mean, I think a good example of that probably would be ready player one, because there's a lot of stuff that was mentioned in ready player one at, at like the book that they never did in the movie because I I'm assuming the studio was just like, well, we don't want to have this extended instance of, you know, th this, the, these two beings playing joust. Right. Or we don't want to have this, the sequence of going to this planet and playing a guitar riff. I think it was from like a, a rush song or something of that nature. Yeah. Well, a lot um, of that, a lot of that was licensing issues. Uh, yeah. Trying to get the permissions to use exactly. uh, what was mentioned in the book. Yeah. Or even like full on changing the movie that they, cause the whole like second trial for that was them going through war games. Whereas instead they went through the shining mm -hmm. as the shining's more interesting. The shining's like a better option because it appeals to a lot of people at the time because you had Dr. Sleep coming out soon. So it, I, I think does a lot of studio. Well, appearance. about that, about that. Another thing that upsets me is when an author sells out, he's just concerned about the money. He doesn't, he's not concerned about his, his original work. Now, Ernest Klein, he gave permission for the, for the changes. So did he sell out? I don't know. Yeah. That's kind of a good, good point because I feel like the, the the thing is, is and what Henry, in my opinion, was for the Witcher show was that he was the voice of, he almost was the voice of the original creator, like mm -hmm. basically saying, here's stuff from the book that I absolutely loved and what I think should stay, stay true and stay in. 
But then, and again, like, here's the thing that I really wanted to get to because it really genuinely, like, we talked about it, stuff pissing you off earlier. Like, this is something that we, like, Netflix, you guys have examples of straying from the original source material and what happens when you do that. Not only in media in general, but even on your own program, even on your own streaming service, you made a adaption of Death Note and people hated it because you guys decided to stray away from it. You guys are have made other adaptions of other books and people also hate it. And it's not just that. You also have the example of stuff like the Dark Tower movie. Straight away from the book, people freaking hated it. Right. The Game of Thrones. You have the biggest pop culture example of what happens when you stray away from the original source material. Granted, I understand that George R. R. Martin wasn't done with more books, so they didn't necessarily have more to go off of at that point. But I think excluding him completely from the last few seasons of that show that caused you guys to make up stuff out of nowhere is the only reason that show fell down so hard that like it did. Mm -hmm. I also think that like just you guys are seeing when things are, are failing. And then you see examples like Dr. Sleep where Mike Flanagan stayed pretty true to the actual. Yeah. Yeah. He did. He, I was impressed with that movie. Because I had first listened to the book. And yeah, there were changes, of course, but they were acceptable, in my opinion. Yeah. yeah. It's like you guys have examples of this stuff not working well. And then you have examples of what does work well. And funnily enough, I think it's maybe, I, I don't know. Let me, let me, let me do some research here. I think it's because they're actually staying true to the source material and mm-hmm. you guys keep trying to do your own thing. And while that's understandable in certain cases, because you think that maybe people aren't going to understand these stories from the Witcher books as much as they'll understand something from like Game of Thrones, that's fine to an extent. But like you're you're doing what I've been told from a young age, you're assuming. And you know what that does? That makes an ass out of you and out of me. Right. I I don't want to say I understand because I don't. I really don't. I know that they say, they say they want to reach a wider audience, not just fans, but really, if you boil it right down to it, you're going to get most of your viewing audience is going to be fans of whatever you're trying to produce. When, when things like that are announced, that's who your audience is going to be. Now that can backfire on you when you do too much fan service and too much nostalgia star wars i'm looking at you jj abrams when you do too much fan service people don't like that either so you how do you find the balance now real quickly season three and you have you're not caught up i'm caught up season three meh it was it was i don't know i don't know how to feel about season three now season three is based on Time of Contempt. The fourth book is second in the series, talking about Siri, uh, but it's really actually the fourth book that Sapowski wrote. So they're covering Time of Contempt. And there for a minute, 
you got to see the wild hunt and then it was gone it was never mentioned i'm like that's what the third game was based on and you're just going they didn't have ex really explain the wild hunt in the television series and i thought they were going to go into more depth so that was a little bit upsetting so season one pretty good season two people were upset with they're like what the fuck where'd you go and by that time henry was saying i'm out and you know and you could almost see it in season three you can almost see it on his face he's like i'm so done with this i just want to move on and what he's moving on to next I can't wait for Warhammer 40k. He is huge into Warhammer 40k and he's producing it. He's passionate about it. So I hope it is done right. But that's another, that's a whole other thing. So we're given Liam Hemsworth. Are, are people going to watch Liam Hemsworth I as The Witcher? Think, I think to a certain extent, yes. And a certain extent, no. I think there are going to be some people just like with Chris Pratt and the Mario, the Super Mario Brothers movie, that they see someone who they don't think they can see in the role. And there are going to be people that are going to be curious as to whether or not Liam can pull it off. Considering I've really only seen him in a few things and Hunger Games being one of them, mm -hmm. I don't necessarily think that I would say yes, going off of his previous work. But it's not in it's also, in my opinion, not completely, you know, out of place to say there is a possibility it could go well. It just depends on how he approaches it. Although, from my understanding, he's just now, as he's about to get into the part, reading the books. So that's a little bit of a concern. Yeah, he's reading the books to understand, you know, the story. But uh, I think there's a, there's a difference. And some, I said this to someone. There's a difference between just reading the books and knowing the books like Henry did. I think what the Netflix is hoping for, the, the wider audience, the ones that don't know about the games, hopefully their wider audience, the, the ones that don't know about the games, that don't know about the books, will keep it limping along. Now, I did read a story that it has been put on hold indefinitely and they're, they're saying it's because of the writer's strike writers and actor strike could that mean the end of this series that they'll just cut the losses and say May, maybe we just ought to pull out of this one i mean that's probably what it's gonna end up being i hate to i hate to say it but like it's looking more like a case of they have a golden opportunity right now if they wanted to to have an excuse to end the show. But the problem is, is that so like Netflix is one of the few studios that is really, 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 really getting a lot of flack because of how they've treated mm -hmm. their people like that have been on their shows with residuals and whatnot. Yeah. I think oh yeah. They're so much. They're probably the worst from what I've seen. With Disney kind of being behind them but i you know i i do hope for you know their sake that there, there is a possibility of being able to to come back to it because you know as much as i want to crap on or shit on the the show itself there are others besides henry that were in that show that probably care about it continuing just as much as he did yeah i don't know well uh, the the shows that we may cover in the future 
a lot of the, there's a couple shows that are coming out of Amazon Prime. Uh, when when Amazon started making their own series, I you know, a lot of them I didn't really watch, but lately I think they've been hitting it out of the park. I'm watching Good Omens 2, enjoying that. You got the Reacher series season two coming up or we may do that one closer to the fall or winter and then will of time is another one which that's another series that's very very complex Uh, they're not exactly following that one i don't know if we'll do that series because not many people know about the will of time series but then you've got the the rings of power which i enjoyed but yeah. that's loosely, loosely based on the works of Tolkien. Yeah, so. and there, there are some, there were some good parts to it, some good ideas, mm-hmm. definitely some questionable stuff. And also, there's another one that we're not even thinking of that I think is actually the best quality product that they've put out at all. It's just not based off a book; it's based off of a graphic novel or a comic book. The Boys. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um... And from, I see, that's just not my cup of tea, that show. For other people, it it is. Oh, it's my cup of tea. Uh, But from what I hear, the graphic novels, there are things that people that have read the graphic novels, they say, oh, my God, that's that's pretty intense. That's Yeah, um, there's some stuff that they haven't (laughs) included in the the show that people are really glad that they didn't, just for certain reasons. But um, at, and also, but at the same time, though, they're you know people are asking, "Are you going to do this part of the graphic novel?" And they're like, "Oh yeah, oh yeah." Most notably, a superhero convention or something like that. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and they're also there's also a, another. Sorry, I just realized another really hot topic one, especially because it's getting its second season finally. Continuation of Invincible, which is from the creator of the guy who did Will Walking Dead. Oh wow. Uh, that I did not know. Yeah. he They got the second season of that coming out. I think at the, the first part comes out towards the end of this year. Mm-hmm. And then the first part will come out at the beginning of next year. But I think that about wraps it up. Those are things that we can look at in the future. we not sure what we're going to do next, but we have plenty, plenty of choices. And if mm-hmm. you have any suggestions, you can email us at doesitadaptpodcast at gmail.com. Find us on, I'm having a hard time with this. Old Elmo has changed it to X. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to call him Elmo. We are, does it, adapt, does it adapt over there? And then you can find us on Instagram at does it adapt. And then I have been lacking on putting these up on YouTube, but I'll get back to doing that. Yeah. Do the thing on YouTube. When you see us, give us a like, give us a subscribe. Yeah, you, you know. can like throw a like and subscribe to your podcast, to your podcast. Well, this has been interesting and I'm sure we could rant quite yeah. a while uh, on The Witcher. But I think at the end of the day, when they went off the rails, it was doomed. Yeah. Well, they just, they just listened to Henry that would have been able to salvage it. But we'll see what happens. We may revisit this. I don't know. We'll have to see. Well, it's been real. It's been great. But Witcher, it has not been real great. (laughs) Yeah. Mm. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll catch you in the next one. Bye-bye.